There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors bounce back from their very disappointing loss to the Boston Celtics on Friday with a 108-84 to victory over the Chicago Bulls. It was, I mean, look, man, I'm not going to get too excited over beating the Bulls. Like, the Bulls are not that good, um, you know, despite the fact that Jim Boylan looks like a boiled egg. It just, he tries really hard. He wants his team to try really hard, but the talent there, I just don't know if it's ready yet. There, There is some talent there, but for the most part, the Raptors should be expected absolutely to beat up on teams like the Bulls. And that's exactly what they did. Second half of back-to-back for both teams didn't matter, honestly. The Raptors, you wouldn't, <laughs> you, you you couldn't tell that there was a second game of back-to-back because their energy was so high in this game. I mean, they held Chicago to 30.2% shooting from the field overall. Just take that in. 30% shooting from the field. Um, they completely bossed them on that end. And the Raptors as a whole... Uh, played a very team-oriented offense the last couple of games before this. Obviously, was skewed a lot more towards Pascal. And obviously, Pascal got a lot of touches today. But you know, the scoring was much more balanced. You got 19 points from Pascal. You got 17 from OG. He was fantastic. We're going to talk about him for sure. Kyle gave you 11. Van Vliet gave 16. Serge came off the bench with 18. So you got five players right there that scored in double digits. And the Raptors as a whole recorded 27 assists and um, played a team game. I mean, you know, again... Beating the Bulls is not that impressive, but I do think that the mark of a good team is that they're able to respond after tough losses, and obviously the loss to Boston, even though it's understandable, whatever, like, you know, obviously a lot of mistakes, they shot themselves in the foot, whatever, but it's still a frustrating loss. Like, the Raptors had, uh, like, a seven-point advantage in the fourth quarter, and it sort of, you know, blew up in their face. Um, so the Raptors came to Chicago, and they, you know... They they took care of business. It was nice to see. So, obviously, the number one guy that I want to focus on today is OG Ananobi, who, you know, he's never going to put up a lot of box score numbers. And so, I think this is almost as good as it gets for OG, who had 17 points, like I mentioned earlier, and 7-11 shooting, 3-6 from the field, uh, from the three-point uh, arc. He 
also had six rebounds, two assists, a steal, and four blocks. I mean, I honestly think this is probably OG's best game as a professional. Um, you know, there's other ones up there. Like, obviously, his one of his first impressions as a Raptor was him guarding James Harden and, the, and, and really, really holding Harden uh, to a really tough game. I think Harden had, like, 10-plus turnovers in that game, and he definitely uh, shot, like, about 40% or, or less from the field. And um, that was definitely a breakout performance for OG back in 2017. Um, and of course, you know, OG as a rookie, he had that, uh, 18 point game, including the game tying three pointer before LeBron, you know, ran down the floor and threw down that. I mean, I don't want to even want to revisit it, but game three against the Cavs, OG had a really nice game. There's a couple of moments where OG has shown his sort of quality, but I thought today in terms of his impact on both ends of the floor, legitimately excellent, excellent, excellent play from OG on both ends. And, um, we'll start with the offense, obviously 17 points. On 7-11 shooting with the 3 of 6 from the deep. I mean, you know, we know that his three-point shooting has improved. It just it just looks a lot better. Um, I think before with OG, his it was always a lot of moving parts in the shot. Uh, and, you know, the trajectory was not necessarily consistent. I think, honestly, when you look at OG's shot now, it's, it's definitely more compact. It's not as compact as you would necessarily like. But it's definitely more compact than what it was before. He gets it off a little bit quicker. And the trajectory looks the same most times. Like, if he misses, he does not, he's not missing by a ton. Um, so, you know, I, I think that in the floor, the three-point shooting is, is big because obviously the Raptors, they're going to need a lot of their offense from the three-point arc. And OG's going to have a lot of opportunities to be um, spacing the floor. He's realistically, if you had to pick between the five guys in the starting lineup, who you're going to help off of, OG is probably the guy that defenses are most comfortable leaving alone. And so it's really important for him in particular to knock those down. And so far in the season, OG has been really um, good from the three-point line. The other thing OG has done really well is uh, fill in and play offense around the other guys. Like, it's basically once a game now. Pascal will be posting up somewhere, and then he'll find OG cutting in the lane, going in for a dunk. And, you know, OG, he's always been a very smart cutter. Um, He's especially good working the baseline because uh, he's able to get in behind the defense. Uh, He's pretty crafty down there, too. He always basically goes for that reverse dunk with uh with two hands definitely a powerful finisher down low that was something that really stood out as a rookie as well he shot about 70 percent uh from the restricted area which is really really good especially for a rookie um and it's not surprising too because like he's strong he's powerful he's very athletic um and yeah he should be a good finisher he is a good finisher and so far in terms of off cuts and stuff like that og had a number of dunks um tonight and the three-pointers. It's basically the perfect offensive game that you would want out of OG right now because obviously he doesn't have too many other parts of his offense at the moment. But it, for him to give you 17 points as sort of a role player, that's excellent, especially in 26 minutes. And then defensively, defensively, man, uh, OG. So first quarter, um, I, Thaddeus Young drives in the middle of the – down the floor. I think in the semi-transition sort of scenario – and he goes up, and he, he thinks he has a wide-open dunk. All of a sudden, OG pops up, meets Thaddeus Young at the rim, and literally sits him down along with the ball. Um, it was a very, very impressive block. And there's some history there, too, because um, OG actually used to play on Thaddeus Young's AAU team um, in Tennessee. It's actually, funny enough, Terrence Davis also played on that same AAU team that's run by Thaddeus Young. So there's definitely history there. Um and OG actually joked before the game to some reporters that were there in Chicago that, you know, he's not going to talk trash to, to that. He's going to keep it professional. But, I mean, like, man, when you block him like that and it's it's all over the highlight reel, 
you, you got to say something. I, I just think you got to say something. You, you deserve it, honestly. It was a spectacular block. But then he had like three more, and a lot of them were really good. And I think what really sh- this really highlights is the fact that a couple times this season, OG has um, really shown a good aptitude and a really good sense and awareness for when to um, when to send help along the baseline and at the rim and as a help defender. I mean, we know OG's defense as a man-to-man defender is really good. He's quick. He's on his feet. He's strong. He's long. He's willing. He can switch. You know, he's quick. All these things are good. And we know he's a he's a good um, man-to-man defender. But if, if your role is to be a defensive specialist, it, there is an expectation for you to also be a good team defender. And I think OG this season, every single game, all three games, he's made plays, um, whether that's taking charges or blocking people at the rim. Um, you know, OG has been really impressive. And, and I'm really happy for OG, too. I, mean, I think everyone should be rooting for OG anyway. I mean, we're all Raptor fans. Like, obviously, we want all the Raptors to succeed. Um, but, I mean, well, except for campaign. I mean, that was never going to happen. But... Like, yeah, you know, we want everyone wants OG to succeed. But, I mean, in particular, like, he has such a difficult year last season. Uh, you know, you don't want to have to rehash everything that went on. But I just think for OG right now, he's in a much better place, both mentally and physically. He's playing well. He's really meeting his expectation. And with more nights like this, it just reminds you again. I said it when the Raptors played the Bulls, actually, in preseason, when the Raptors actually lost by basically a very similar score. Um after the return from Japan, and they didn't put any other rotation players minus OG. But, you know, it's, OG will still remind you of, like, why there's so much um, promise and potential and people have so much hype around OG. It's not necessarily that he's going to take this leap and become this, like, uh, you know, primetime wing scorer. But, like, he's very good. He's very, very good for a 22-year-old to give you this type of production. Um, you know, he's obviously already a starting caliber player. And... Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, I'm just happy every time OG plays well. Out of all the guys on the team, I'm rooting the most for OG at the moment. Uh, so I thought that was great. I thought, um, you know, well, actually, you know, every game I'm looking at Pascal Siakam, I'm always wondering, like, how he's going to develop, how he's going to improve. So we'll start with the negative and we'll go with the positives. Negative for for Pascal so far is that, well, two things, really. One, uh, it's the fouls, man. I mean, First game, he fouls out against the Pelicans. Whatever. Two bullshit calls at the end. But still, you can't be in a position to foul out when you are the leading man like that. And then, yesterday against the Celtics, he picks up two quick fouls in the first quarter. He has to sit. And today, exact same thing. Picks up two quick fouls. And with some of these things, it's it's tough because, like, I understand because Pascal came up in the league as, like, a defender, as a hustle guy. Really, that's what got him into the rotation for Dwayne Casey and eventually for Nick Nurse was the defense. And he's a legitimately game-changing defensive player. But, you know, when you're now expected to also score this much, like, you do have to strike a balance between um, how aggressive you are defensively, how many plays are challenging, and what plays are challenging. For example, the first foul that Pascal picked up today was, you know, Raptors ran some pretty bad offense. Um, the Bulls got out in transition, and he rises up and tries to uh, block Laurie Markkinen at the basket, and it gets called a foul. Like, sometimes you can just let him have that layup. You know what I mean? Um, it's not like step out of the way, but, like, at the same time, you know, if it's going to be one of those bang-bang calls at the rim where the referee's going to have to call something – as a leading man, you might need to avoid some of those. I'm not saying he should be DeMar DeRozan uh, as a leading scorer and just, like, completely ignore defense because I think Pascal's, you know, again, he has a lot of ability. But 
you really do have to balance that. And Pascal today, two quick fouls. He has to go to the bench. The Raptors offense scuffles to begin with. Um, and then when Pascal eventually comes back into the game, he really did change the game. And then the other thing is just turnovers. Like, you know, whether that's offensive fouls, which, I, I mean, he really just has not had a good whistle so far. They're, they're treating him like, you know, young Amir Johnson or or, or Yaka Pertle, basically. Seriously, like some of the fouls they're calling on him are not great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, four turnovers tonight. He's had four more turnovers in all three games so far. That's something that he needs to address. I think in order for him to be um, – not at its best. I think we've already sort of seen like what that looks like in game one when he had like 34 and 18 rebounds and five assists. But you would like to see that assist to turnover ratio close to like two to one, at least for him. I'm not expecting Pascal to have like double digit assists or anything like that, but he can sort of make himself more efficient just by reducing the turnovers. That is a bit of an issue. Um, you know, and it's a big transition for him. Like he's facing a lot of double teams. Uh, He's never really been doubled like this in his life, so he really needs to uh, figure out where the rest of the players are, figure out the timing of, okay, when I see a guy hard double me, what's my next option? What's my next pass? How do I deliver the pass? Um, You know, he keeps making mistakes like jumping up in the air and then having nowhere to go, so that these are things that he will just, you know, cut out over time, but... um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, the thing is, like, Pascal, like, even though he was limited with foul trouble, he still had a really good game. Like, 19 points in 28 minutes is very, very good with six rebounds, four assists, a steal. Um, yeah, and I, I thought, actually, what really stood out from uh, Pascal's game in terms of the positives today was his playmaking. Like, so the Bulls basically in the first half, you know, in part because Pascal was out with foul trouble and stuff like that, but the Bulls had a they found some success by basically trapping the Raptors guards and pick and roll. And this is sort of a, like the Raptors, the Raptors have faced uh, teams trying to trap their point guards uh, for the longest time, like literally dating back to like 2014 with DeMar DeRozan and, and Kyle Lowry in, in the net series. Like literally teams have always known that the Raptors play a lot through their backcourt. And so, um, especially through Kyle Lowry. And if you neutralize Kyle Lowry, you sort of cut out the head of the snake. So the way teams usually like to do that is by blitzing the pick and roll, sending two guys up when you know the uh, Kyle runs a pick and roll, and whether that was Gasol or whether that was Serge, they just weren't making great plays, um, you know, when they caught the ball in the middle of the floor in that four and three situation. Uh, Serge, for example, had a, a pretty bad turnover, had a bad read, um, you know, it just kind of stalled the Raptors' offense a little bit. Um, and so Nick Nurse, I think, in, at halftime made an adjustment where instead of using Gasol or uh, Ibaka as the screener there, he was involving Pascal on the screen to come screen for Kyle. And um, that worked great. That worked, that worked really, really great because, uh, yeah, I mean, Pascal is a much better playmaker on the role. He's, he makes instant decisions with the ball. Um, you know, Kyle obviously is a pretty good passer. He definitely knows how to beat traps with his passes. And he delivered the ball to Pascal in the middle of the floor. And whoever was stepping up to rotate, Pascal was just picking them apart, whether that was going to the corner for a shooter or even kicking onto the wing f- to basically have the Gretzky assist or the, you know, the secondary hockey assist of you pass to the man who passes to the assist. Like, you know, uh, Pascal was just making great decisions and it was picking the Bulls apart. That's why the Raptors had... Uh, 36 points in the third quarter was mostly because of Pascal's facilitating. And so that's something that, you know, you love to see. You just you just love to see, you know, unselfish basketball from your leading man. That's uh, it's, it's always going to be a good sign for your offense. And, of course, Pascal got his offense through the rest of the stuff. Like, here's the thing with Pascal. Like, he's so good now that, like, he doesn't even have to try that hard to score a lot of points. 
Like he just ends up like uh, a couple post ups here, you know, transition bucket here, uh, a cutting uh, layup here, a couple free throws. You know, he hit a three, hit some mid range shots. Uh, the mid range shots also was quite nice because in the four on three situation, he's wide open in the middle of the floor, so he can take that shot. He's been practicing that shot, and he hit those shots today. Um, so yeah, I would say you know Pascal was a positive. Uh, I also thought Marcus saw. I was happy for him because obviously he had a. Uh, I mean, just bro. I mean, the first two games of the season, Mark was just not, not having a great game. And you know what? It's not like Mark had like a huge game tonight either. Like Nick Nurse joked after the Celtics game, he's like, "Man, he's probably gonna have twenty tonight." Well, actually, Marcus all had another five points. You know, this is just what Mark does apparently. Uh, but it's weird because this five point performance from Mark is very different from his, uh, I guess, one point performance against the Celtics, and also his five point performance against the Pelicans. It's just, you know. This type of Mark performance, he was positive on both ends of the floor. He really was. And I think offensively, okay, he wasn't really scoring much. He didn't take his first shot until the second half, and he and he hit a three. Um, but, you know, he, his playmaking was good. His screening was really good. That's something that uh, was highlighted on the broadcast by Jack Armstrong. Like, Mark was just setting these really, really big screens for Fred and for Pascal and things like that. And for Kyle, um, that was really able to just sort of create space for the guys to attack. Um, so that's good, but also, you know, defensively, obviously that's where Mark's, uh, true value lies. And I think today, for example, uh, he was much better on the defensive glass. I think the Raptors as a whole did much better on the defensive glass. Uh, Mark led the team in rebounding with 10, uh, definitely made more of an effort to jump for these rebounds. He wasn't jumping real high, but I mean like whatever, when you're seven, one, you don't have to jump that high. Uh, he was definitely making a more of an effort on the rebounding front. And also I thought, you know, defensively down low, he did a pretty good job, you know, like Wendell Carter, for example, um, you know, missed a couple of shots because of Gasol's presence and a couple of other Bulls. Um, the, the Bulls as a whole just didn't look that good offensively tonight uh, anyway, but I think Gasol deserves a lot of credit for being the man in the middle uh, on a night where the Raptors hold the opponent to 30% shooting. Gasol's defense at the rim was pretty important for that. So I, I like the bounce back effort from Gasol. Again, he, he this man needs to uh, rest, and he needs to sort of play himself sort of into a rhythm. He's obviously we know he can be good, like you know, like you know, it's just we just need Gasol to not be actively bad, like he was in the first two games. Like even today, for example, he wasn't great. This is probably an average game from Gasol, but like you know, it just has to be like this way more often than it than it is like game ones and two. So um, I'm happy for Gasol on a personal level. Uh, some more points of emphasis from tonight. Um, so Nick Nurse extended his rotation a little bit. Stanley Johnson got the first look, and it was off to a good start, at least. I mean, hey, he, uh, you know, had the ball land in his hands on a very short shot clock. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, he, he you know, he, he switched the shot. So, it was like, oh, cool, nice. And he got a rebound. You're like, okay, Stanley's going to do something today. <sighs> Man, but then uh, <laughs> it was unfortunate. You know, I feel bad for him. He stepped out of bounds in a corner. Um, you know, he, he made this drive to the rim that was sort of – kind of unnecessary and he ends up committing an offensive foul and he actually uh swung his elbows through Otto Porter Jr.'s nose and Otto Porter was down for a while he's bleeding like crazy he had to go to the locker room and he eventually came back um but you know that was unfortunate uh and, and yeah I mean like man five minutes three turnovers it's just it's not great he clanked a three as well it, it's just it's just real unfortunate it, it just you know so, yeah, anyway, so Stanley got the first look at the rotation. He didn't really cut it. And so Nick Nurse decided, you know what? I'm going to go down to my next guy. Let's see what Matt Thomas has. 
um, especially on a night, on the second of a back to back. You got to extend the rotation a little bit. And uh, yeah, Matt Thomas. I mean, he hit his two, first two threes of the game, uh, as you would expect. The man is ninety nine point eight percent sure, obviously. Um, yeah, and that's kind of about it. I mean, like you know, the rest of it. Like uh, what what you like about Thomas is that he knows who he is. He definitely plays unselfishly. Uh, not hesitant whatsoever to pass the ball, move the ball. That's important because you know, come on, man. You, aside from shooting the open shot, like he should just really keep it moving. Uh, defensively, I thought he actually competed all right. Um, there's a couple, like for example, Zach Levine got him on an ISO, and uh, well, I mean Levine kind of went soft on him anyway by pulling up for three. But still, uh, I think Thomas was at least able to keep Levine in front of him uh, a little bit, and Levine is a pretty good offensive player. You know, Sadaransky, guys like that couldn't really do much with Thomas either. So, you know, if the defense can play, then, yeah, Thomas can play. Uh, it's just I'm not exactly sure the defense is fully there for him because, you know, I mean, realistically, let's be real. Uh, he's, yeah, Matt Thomas is not some sort of shutdown defender by any means. But, you know, it was nice. He, he hit some threes. He stretched the floor. He moved the ball. But look, man, Nick Nurse is not looking for a lot. He's really, really not looking for a lot. He understands that, you know, he's working with – a, a bench that is not as deep as it was last year. You're not bringing Fred. You're not bringing Serge. You're not bringing Norm. All these other guys off the bench. You're not you, you, honestly. It's like he has like five Jeremy Lins on the team now. Like it, it's really unfortunate. He, he he's no matter where you're going, there is a flawed player that he's turning to. But um, you know, with Thomas, at least he has one elite skill, which is his shooting. Definitely is a knockdown shooter. And um, yeah, honestly, that might be enough to uh, to win it over the rest of the guys because the rest of them don't have elite um, NBA skills. Let's just be real about it. Um, so we'll see if Thomas continues to stay in the rotation. Actually, you know, I'm not even sure Terrence Davis will stay in the rotation because he ends up making a couple mistakes as well. Definitely as a rookie, he's a little bit wild, a little bit unpredictable. You know, he'll miss assignments, things like this. He clanked a dunk today in transition. He got like a pretty good, I think he might have gotten the steal himself. Um, but otherwise, you know, he chased down a loose ball, raced out in front of the pack, beat like three, four guys on the floor, and then just like went out for the dunk and clanked it. And it was a little unfortunate, but you know. Uh, it's all it's all a learning process for 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 the rookie, but yeah, I mean, I, I like his energy and generally speaking, I think um, he makes more two way contributions than a lot of these other guys. So you know, I I would personally like to see him in the rotation. I'm just seeing from a coach's perspective, if a guy is making that many errors, uh, you might that's, you might um want to limit his minutes. But again, more the other options aren't great. Rondé Hollis Jefferson got back to the lineup today. He had four, he played four minutes, you know, split a pair of free throws. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think he has a chance to uh, do something, you know, in terms of as a contributor. I think the Raptors do need a backup four. Um, and, yeah, I think Rondé could fill some minutes. There. I mean, like just 10 minutes of energy off the bench with pure hustle, some rebounding, a little bit of playmaking, a tiny bit of scoring. Like he, weirdly enough, is a capable scorer, even though he's not necessarily efficient, definitely can't shoot. Um, but you know, I don't mind Rondé at all. Uh, you know, Malcolm Miller, I guess he can shoot threes, but he kind of just floats in and out of games. So, you know, that's something there. So, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, this was a routine win against the Bulls. I'm happy the Raptors responded strong. Um, they kind of, not they needed to, but you know, it, it was actually one of those stats that you know, I flew, uh, flowed down the timeline where, uh, it was the number of games for a franchise uh, to be above 500 and the Raptors right now have the fourth longest streak 
in NBA history behind the New York Knicks, who had a streak of 565 games between 1991 and 1998 of staying above 500. And the Celtics had a streak of 545 games between 1958 and 1965. That's when Bob Cousy was, you know, dropping people with a, a simple behind the back dribble and things like this. Uh, the Lakers, between 1995 and 2002, had a streak of 525 games, staying above, above 500. And the Raptors, 461 games from 2014 to today. Uh, it, the, the exact date, actually, was January 8, 2014. I think that might have been the win over the Pacers, where Terrence Ross actually outplayed uh, Paul George. I, I couldn't believe it. But, yeah, the Raptors, ever since that Rudy Gay trade, turned the whole season around, and the Raptors, you know, uh, you know, won the Atlantic Division, made the playoffs, and just have never looked back ever since. The Raptors have consistently stayed above 500. Now, part of this is just like, not only have the Raptors been a good team, but they've always gotten off to good starts. Uh, basically, as far as I remember, obviously, the Rudy Gay uh, season was different because, you know, they had Rudy and DeMar, and they were shooting like 85 shots between the two of them and losing to the uh, the, the Rockets. I, I, man, that Rockets game and that they lost in overtime was... One of the lows I had as a Raptors fan, uh, that was hard to watch. I, th- I honestly think those two shot like 85 uh, shots between them. And I think Rudy Gay actually banned um, stat sheets after the game. It was like, don't look at me taking 37 shots and making 11 of them. Just don't look at it. Um, just use your memory to remember all my bricks. But, like, yeah, ever since I traded Rudy Gay, they have been amazing. And they've gotten off the great starts. One-on-one, um, it was dicey. But, you know, the Raptors came through and got the win today. It, you know, it's one of those stupid streaks. It's like when the Raptors had the longest streak of, like, uh, consecutive games with a made three-pointer. Yeah, I mean, you know, shout out Dark Martin for keeping that shit alive. But, like, it's these little streaks are fun to, to track and stuff like that. So, the Raptors are now 462 games in that streak. Uh, you know, and just, just try to keep it moving. Try to keep it going. So, in terms of your three stars tonight... First star, I'm giving that to OJ Anobi, 17.6 rebounds, two assists, a steal, four blocks, plus 25 in 26 minutes, 7-11 shooting. Man, he was amazing. He was really good. Yeah, I know it's just the Bulls, whatever, uh, but, man, OG has been consistently solid in all three games so far, and I'm really happy for him. Second star, I'm giving that to Pascal Siakam, 19 points, 7-15 shooting, six rebounds, four assists, a steal, plus 22 in 28 minutes, battle back from early foul trouble, Contributed all across the board uh, and, and broke the game open in the third quarter. And that was really the stretch where the Raptors were able to pull away. And then the third start, you can go a couple places. You can go with Fred, who had 16 points. He really had a s- slow start, Fred did, but started making some crazy deep threes. Um, you know, was pretty solid on both ends of the floor. Kyle Lowry, pretty solid on both ends of the floor. 11.7 rebounds, uh, 8 assists. But I'm going to give it to Serge Ibaka with his 18 points and 7 rebounds off the bench. On 8 of 12 shooting, including uh, a 3-pointer in 21 minutes. And three blocks. I mean, look, man, obviously Serge is good enough to dominate the Bulls. But, like, man, Serge has been uh, so sharp and so ready to go. Um, just even dating back to, like, training camp and preseason. And I just appreciate it, man. I mean, like, literally the only reliable bench guy the Raptors have right now is Serge Ibaka. Uh, at least with Serge, you understand that he's going to come in. He's going to do his thing. He's going to impact the game. Uh, and honestly, right now, he's playing better than Gasol. He, there's a case for Serge to start, but honestly, uh, with the way the scoring is sort of balanced, you might actually need Serge scoring off the bench way more than you need it with the starting lineup. But regardless, Serge has been great, and he deserves a third start tonight. Uh, made a couple of great blocks tonight, too, uh, really in front of the Raptors bench. And, you know, honestly, ever since the Raptors, ever since Chicago uh, traded Jimmy Butler, um, 
you know, that TNT Bulls curse has sort of been reversed when they, you know, sun the Raptors so many times. Uh, the Raptors, ever since, have just, I mean, they have just dismantled the Bulls in the last couple of games. Like, every time you see the Bulls on the, the schedule, that is a guaranteed win. And they've had a lot of great moments. And today, um, a lot of great moments as well. Like, Kyle Lowry, at one point, uh, was getting into it with Chris Dunn. And Chris Dunn fired up a deep three, like 28 feet. And Chris Dunn cannot shoot. And while the ball was in the air, Kyle Lowry just screamed, you know, fuck no. And, yeah, it was an air ball. And Zach Levine was uh, 0-5 from the field today. So, it, it was fun to see that. It was fun to see Serge block uh, whoever it was, Luke Cornett or whatever, at the basket and turn to the bench and the bench hype him up. Um, OG making all these dunks, you know, OG splashing these threes. It was a good night all around. Feel good night. The Raptors got the win. In terms of your uh, Gerald Henderson award, I don't even think there is one. I really don't. Um, the Bulls were led in scoring by Wendell Carter with 12. 12 points was her leading score. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Um yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it to Wendell Carter Jr., I guess. Uh, he has a head that looks like he's Dwayne Casey's son a little bit in the face, maybe. Um, but, yeah, he had 12 points, 11 rebounds, you know, in 23 minutes. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm grasping for straws. Like, all their guys are pretty shit today. Like, Laurie Markkinen didn't do anything. Sadoransky, he's been a disappointment on my fantasy team. I might drop him soon. He's not He's not playing well. Zach, uh, breakout year for him, supposedly. But, I mean, 11 points tonight, not good. Luke Cornett, two of eight. Thaddeus Young got blocked by OG so hard. Uh, man, Kobe White, holy! When he came to Toronto in preseason, he was killing it. And today, I mean, he got blocked like at least four times. Uh, he he looks hilarious. Um, he, you know, I, I like the way he plays, but this is not the night for the rookie. Uh, Chris Dunn, zero of five. I mean, like, geez. Uh, Shaquille Harrison played twelve minutes. I didn't even notice he was out there. So, Wendell Carter, baby, you, you get the award and. Um, yeah, that does for the podcast. So thanks for everyone for listening. I'll be back after the next game. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.